0: is north korea willing to do a destructive attack yes we saw it with the sony stuff we saw it with the dark soul stuff coming out of andariel we do know that if it push comes to shove will they break something for even something as a small quote-unquote small infraction like you know insulting the leader yes we have that confirmed okay good now we know that do they have placement and access into places where if they did a destructive attack it would be critical yes we know that it workers are a insider threat and we know that they're aiming to get in places fortune 500 companies anyone that that they, they can place that they can be good
1: Welcome to another episode of Manians Defenders Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Luke McNamara. Today, we are going to discuss something that is becoming a bit of an emerging threat uh, across the North Korean threat landscape. Uh, And I have here my guest today, Michael Barnhart, to help unpack that. Um, I think maybe to give a little bit of context before we get into this discussion, uh, and and Barney, great to have you here, uh, as always, but... um, This is a threat that, when we think about sort of the traditional threats that we see here at Mandiant and Google that we were responding to or observing, you have your more traditional intrusion-based threats, right? Stuff that we see in cybercrime and nation-state APT activity week to week. This is a little bit different, and this is a little bit more similar to uh, an insider threat uh, almost. Um, But here to unpack that today, the topic of the North Korean IT workers, uh, Barney, let's jump right into it. Who or what are the DPRK IT workers?
0: I think as a, as kind of a, a general thing and kind of what we've called them in the past. So the IT workers are going to be kind of more of your, they're not APT operators, uh, which we'll touch on. They're not APT operators, but they're hired IT workers. They're hired software services, things like that. They're coming out of North Korea. And I'll, what they do is, is that you're going to see them kind of forward deployed into various parts, usually outside the country, like a lot of the, you know, cyber activities are, uh, your Cambodia, China, Russia, Vietnam, Laos, places like that. And what they are going to do is try to use that you know, historically, that, that legitimate, and I put that in air quotes, legitimate forms of, um, revenue generation. And as we've seen with, with, with UN and a lot of the government reporting that stuff is going back to fund the missile programs. And I think, again, whenever it was just kind of IT workers and IT services that we were focusing on in the legitimate, again, air quotes there, um, it was something that was you know paying attention to. But as we start to develop the problem set and dive in more and really kind of expand on it, we're seeing that the IT workers are actually much, much more complicated and dangerous at times from what we're seeing. So that's, that's kind of them in a nutshell historically.
1: So for folks to kind of put this in context with the other parts of North Korea's cyber operations and apparatus, um, and I would recommend uh, folks go check out both the podcasts that we did with Barney last year around APT 43, um, as well as I think the previous one you did with Eli, um, again, discussing sort of the North Korean structure of their cyber operations in the various groups. This group is not carrying out your traditional intrusion-based operations with spear phishing or credential collection or, or things of that nature. These are um, actual IT workers who go get jobs at organizations and then, you know, potentially leverage that access um, as a sort of insider threat uh, to follow on operations. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, and it's and it's interesting, too, because it's the cyber aspect, because if we're if we're really just talking about front companies operated by North Korea, that's something that we've always seen and something we even continue to see in some of our initial um, IT worker things where you have them knocking off major clothing lines and, and doing counterfeit products there to operate through front companies local in North Korea and the surrounding countries. This is going to be the same type of operation, but only for what you would consider as your IT and your kind of consulting and your app developer, that type of realm. But but it's it's just the newer iteration, the cyber iteration, because, I mean, these are the same guys that were running, you know, fake pharmaceuticals and fake cigarettes in the in the early 90s and stuff like that. This is just the new this is the cyber arm of that. In
1: walk us through kind of that process you know, by which these you mentioned, they're kind of usually forward deployed outside of North Korea itself. What is that process by which they go, uh, you know, gain employment at a tech company uh, doing this sort of work?
0: Yeah, not just the, the gaining the employment there, but also how they're even selected. You know, you have a lot of these schools inside the country. These these are the same schools that these APT operators are going to be uh, coming out of your your major universities there you're going to also have the same guys getting the same training for the IT workers and that type of historical, um, network, you know, those, those just cause you, you don't operate on the same way. Now, um, you still know those people from back in school. So you still might talk to them and that's something you kind of keep in mind for them, the, how they're operating and how, and there are different levels and that's something that we're seeing too, because as you kind of started off Luke, you know, uh, these are traditional things. They're kind of doing seemingly legitimate work, quote unquote. Um, but there is some maliciousness that we're seeing, and some stuff, stuff that we're we're diving into that actually might kind of go far from that. So, but how it's starting is how like something uh, getting on a job platform, getting on one of the the major job uh, um, sites to get type of you know freelance work um from there you know you're going to get picked up um you're going to be looking for certain things again there's a lot of these resumes and a lot of how they're things that they're looking for it's very easy uh to even catch a lot of the lower level ones that even if you wanted to if you went on to one of these sites they're looking for work and you put out that you're looking for a crypto app developer or some type of these buzzwords for you know especially with crypto and blockchain you're going to get you know a couple of resumes from a guy that uh, is going to claim to be coming from Hong Kong, with a bunch of work experience in New York, and applying for a you know third party you know some type of you know consulting service that might hire and send you know its workforce in Europe. So you know it to, when you start factoring those things, it obviously shows how complex this problem is. But once they're in, then they're going to do legitimate work, quote unquote. They're going to do all that work and try to do uh, what they can to get um, money back. Now, there are fractions we are able to see and work with uh, some of our partners, uh, which is a good note. This is a collaborative thing. Again, this isn't just cyber. This is, you know, you have human, you have partnerships that you, everyone has different pieces of the puzzle. So one thing that we have that's really great over on our side of Mandian is that we have so many different avenues to gain information and so many partners that we're working with and and people that were able to see a lot of the pieces to form the full picture and in doing so like you have to get x amount of money a a you know a month and you get to keep a fraction of it and the rest has to go back back home and you keep such a small fraction of it funnily enough is this a lot of times you'll see them all stuck in one apartment, like 10 people in one apartment. It's because their portion of the pie is so much more smaller than what you have to send back to the, uh, to North Korea. But that's kind of the operating scheme. You know, they, you you go, you might operate, you might pay off some people to actually, you know, purchase their profile on a platform to get, uh, operating there. We've seen some, uh, where, you know, like we've seen some of the recent open source reporting, you have, uh, people keeping laptops turned on inside their house and then the North Koreans will remote into that so that they can operate for all these IT working companies. So that's kind of like that's kind of the basis and how they're doing it. But the main thing for them is to send the money, majority of it back to North Korea to to fund the program. But the problem is is that we're starting to see sometimes APT and malicious activities too, which create a much, much bigger problem. So we're going to touch on the overlaps with some of the North Korean APT
1: groups, but um, just to linger on this point a little bit more. So similar kind of function to um, how we suspect or know aspects of the North Korean groups engaged in cybercrime for revenue generation for the state, where they have to, you know, maybe some of that they're able to keep, but a lot of that is going back to, um, has been stated by the UN and other government bodies, you know, probably funding their their weapons program, their nuclear weapons program. Um for these these individuals who have maybe these skill sets because they went to a technical university um, and they're now again you know working uh, maybe independently or part of a front company trying to acquire work um, you know they're using job platforms they're using sort of freelancer sites as a way to gain employment are there certain types of companies that we're seeing you know through our work with partners and others we're seeing maybe a higher focus you mentioned crypto earlier are there types of organizations that they seem to be trying to get access to more so than others.
0: Yeah, I think, I think there are different flavors. And it is interesting because I've noticed, too, in working with some of our, our partners that different locations might be indicative of some of the work they're looking to. Like what you see coming out of Vietnam, you see a lot of CAD renderings. You see a lot of stuff dealing like with architectural and graphic design, that type of work. Whereas like your China, you might see more of your apps. You might see more of your gaming, your visual stuff, the graphics in that realm. So there are different ones. I think any type of situation where you need to build something on your back end, where you need that type of software and your engineering, that has been one, but really just anyone, anytime you can consider every company has an IT like support. So really it kind of opens up and I don't want to get too in diving into some of the specific victims, but we've seen them all the way from the defense industrial type, all the way down to the Mom and pop, I'm here to make a sticker for your, you know, it's, it couldn't be more wide ranging. As long as there's an, a way that you can perform IT services and support to an, uh, an element, then there's going to be some type of uh, play there as is with uh, any of the things. This is just, you know, the cyber one, the, the knockoff purses and stuff that you might buy from XYZ country. I mean, we've seen, we've seen North Korea, you know, producing those too. It's just, it's just the different flavor of what they're doing with it right now.
1: So there seems to be a bit of a co-location based on skill sets for the types of work that these IT workers are engaged in. And you know, from what we've seen, and again, some of the, the work with our other partners and what we understand about the nature of what they seem to be doing, you know, it seems like first and foremost, the intent is revenue generation. Um, and so I guess in that particular case, you wouldn't necessarily be picky as to what type of organization you join. But another aspect of this, and maybe this is where we can start to to delve into how enterprises should think about risk um is that the nature of some of these companies, certainly you think of something like a defense industrial base entity. Well, if you've got uh you know a North Korean IT worker who's now been hired uh and is some access to your environment because of the work that they are, you know, contracted out to do, that poses a, you know, certain level of risk, right? And beyond maybe their particular mission and mandate right now is purely revenue generation and they're there to do that, you know, work that they're being paid for. But you also have to think about that, it seems like, as an insider threat risk.
0: On that same note, too, we never got confirmation on this, but I always thought this was worth mentioning. Uh, one of the, uh, when working with one of our partners, we we watched this one, um, you know, highly, highly assessed IT worker. Um, they worked for a a facial recognition type of um, effort that was going on, you know, some of these startups and stuff like that that's all going on. But anywho, the it, the the main company was the one that was doing all the work, but they had, hey, we have some uh, issues on our back end with whatever SQL database or whatever things that they were working on their end. And unknowingly, they, they had reached out to a company. That company was legitimate, but within that legitimate company was an IT worker. And then, again, th- they, they did the work. Everything was done. And then sometime later that same, the major company, the the, the bigger one, it had a, um, like, there was something that happened on its back end. You always remember, like, we'd always hear, like, the, there's, um, for a while there, we could not get away from, like, the S3 buckets being, like, misconfigured, and then everything is being leaked out. Like, something similar had happened to that major company, which was dealing with, like, kind of, like, big players and very, very important, you know, uh, moving parts in the facial recognition game. They get something like that, and you kind of wonder, you're like, hey, this is so... This was literally the job that the IT worker was paid to do, you know, months, a uh, year after the fact, it suddenly it comes to find out there's a misconfiguration, there's a major data leak, things like that, where it's, you know, where you had that plausible deniability. Hey, I, I didn't do it. I, I either opened the door for one of my APT buddies, or I did this, or I'm, you know, like you said, with, with something like a big, like a defense industrial based company, you know, you're looking for... you. you you're looking for and we see this a lot too where it's not the company that's the issue they're not going to hire them and it's not even it's it's the secondary companies that you're hiring as like support have they vetted have they made sure that everyone on their workforce is doing that and that's and mentioned it's 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 not an easy task like we said these guys are they're they're coming out of XYZ country, or sometimes North Korea, there's been times where the IP space comes straight out of North Korea, pretending to be someone from one country, uh, operating as a consulting firm in another country that's being hired to do work in another country. Like I get why it is complicated. And I I do think that they, they definitely use that to their advantage.
1: So there's an opportunistic threat uh, or an opportunistic risk that's sort of posed by these organizations or these, these actors rather, um, that organizations need to be cognizant of. So it may be that their intent isn't necessarily to directly going, gain access to an entity that they want to uh, compromise or leverage or target in some way. But if they are being hired, you know, for maybe a subcontractor of that's doing work for a larger enterprise or company and they, you know, achieve opportunistic access, that risk now uh, is something that they could leverage. That access is something they could leverage down the road.
0: Absolutely. And, and you got to start... In- compounding that with you know defenders in these companies that are like wanting to vet for this type of process you know you're looking like really, okay i gotta start you know updating my kyc my know your customer stuff i gotta do this i've got to get them on camera you know and as those things like that develop then you have the same developments on like the like the what we're seeing on some of the the underground networks where like hey five dollars and i'll be able to do this or i'll be able to deep fake videos we've seen we've we've heard you know against not to preface it, it's not our data, it's not our information, but working with some of our partners, we've seen the use of deep fakes on some of these things. Um, We've seen, I mean, they've seen, but like we're, we're hearing more and more about it. So, you know, as you, as a defender's like, okay, I got to do this and this and this, they're on their end looking for ways to bypass all those same mechanisms that we're trying to set up.
1: Right. Yeah. I would imagine there would be a lot of effort around forged identities and other things to, Get around KYC in the hiring process, um, you know, and you think also about just for maybe smaller startups and they're looking for, um, you know, someone to come in as a temporary contractor to do kind of a sprint of, of engineering effort. Right. Um, they may be looking at these freelance sites and they may be hiring someone uh, who fits this profile and is actually, um, you know, a North Korean IT worker. One thing we, we we mentioned here, and I think is worth delving into a little bit more, because this is, I think, where it also starts to get really interesting. I think, you know, excellent point you made at the beginning that this is something you should look at historically in concert with all the other things that the North Korean state has done to bring in illicit finance or carry out endeavors to to bring in money to the state, you know, even down to running restaurants abroad, right? You're at smuggling, all the sort of, uh, you know, illicit financial activities they've been engaged in. So you can look at the activity from that standpoint, and this is just a pure revenue generation play. But I think the other piece where this really starts to get interesting is the overlaps with some of the APT activity and actors that we know about. So break that down for us a little bit. What does that look like? What are the indications we've seen where There is some potential, like, overlap. Uh, You mentioned coming out of the same universities in some respects, but where is that sort of overlap with your traditional intrusion-based cyber threats from North Korea?
0: Well, so it all kind of started with uh, some of the government reporting, how they had started mentioning how some of the IT workers were conducting malicious attacks. And that's good to know, because I think you got to step back now and look at, okay, so you know, this open source reporting and this government publications talking about how IT workers are doing that. Okay, then we should keep that in mind. Now, how does that apply to the larger set? Well, is North Korea willing to do a destructive attack? Yes, we saw it with the Sony stuff. We saw it with the Dark Soul stuff uh, coming out of Andarial. We do know that if it push comes to shove, will they break something? Will they break something for even something as a small, uh, quote, unquote, small infraction, like, you know, insulting the leader? Yes, we have that confirmed. Okay, good. Now we know that. Um, do they have placement and access into places where, if they did a destructive attack, it would be critical? Yes, we know that you know, IT workers are an um, insider threat. And we know that they're aiming to get in places, um, you know, Fortune 500 companies, anyone that, that they, they can place that they can be. Good. Okay, so we know that they will do destructive attacks. We know they have the placement access to conduct a, lar- uh, a one that's effective. And we now know that it workers are, uh, conducting malicious attacks or are working, you know, we're starting to see more APT overlaps. So now like for us over here on our team, we're going, okay, this isn't just a player we need to pay attention to. This is one that one more in peacetime relatively we're in peacetime. So nothing bad's happening yet, but if, you know, it hits the fan, um, This could get really bad, really fast. So that's why we want to do that. So then we started looking at some of the actor overlaps. We have many, many different sources of Intel on the IT workers right now. Now it's, we have such an abundance that was either passed or obtained or working with that we're now going, okay, we need to go back to the well. We then started pulling up old APT 43 information. Like, okay, I'm looking at this new work. Boy, it really matches some of the personas we're seeing some of the naming conventions, some of the, you know, there's, there's times when I had some personas and stuff that I'm looking with, with APT 43 and even some of the crypto clusters that we're seeing with the revenue generation out of like three, seven, eight, two, I've been working with that. And now with this, all this new information, I want to go back four or five years and look at all my old notes. And I'm starting to see overlaps with, you know, some type of these conventions with, with the Andarial intrusion set, we're starting to see some type of uh, links with APT43. I'm starting to see a bunch of links with some of my UNC3782 stuff, which is the crypto, crypto fin revenue generation uh, kind of arm. Right now, we're seeing with APT43. Well, with with personas, I don't want to say I don't want to say the specific personas because I'm you know we're still investigating. Also, we have just a lot more to go. But from our initial initial discussions and initial kind of the same, sometimes the same aliases. Are being passed around sometimes the same naming scheme sometimes the same we're seeing at, at times um you know as we've seen even like with the usage of star uh it's been it's very open on that um on a lot of the public reporting and then even some of our reporting that we've done on internally on it workers and then also it's 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 a big thing that we're seeing inside the APT 43 stuff so like if you have a certain name or a certain way you're going about something Tacking on an identifier on the beginning or ending of their name will then highlight to the others that might be also be in in the uh, on the same objective or in the same environment, hey, this is me. I'm, on, I'm this guy at this time. Because, again, you got to go back to they're all not co-located. So whenever you are all doing your same IT work stuff and you might have an APT operator in there, you need to be able to identify who that one is and maybe either steer clear or work with or just know who's who in the zoo. And now seeing all this new information and getting all these new insights, it is allowing us to go back and and draw many, many different correlations. And again, we're in the early stages of it now, but it seems to be making a lot of waves. And so much though, so, I'll, I'll say right now, UNC-3782, that is an UNC that we're seeing do a lot of crypto effort, doing a lot of drainer activity. I know that you've been watching it in the channels too. I have I've, I've see you act active in there. It won't surprise me that by the end of the year, maybe next year, we will at some point start drawing unks that we are we're tying to APT43 like we are right now with 3782. We're seeing that as the crypto arm. It would not surprise me if next year we're saying, oh, that's the IT workers that are actually attached to this APT because we're seeing so much, so many connective tissues and we're starting to really uh, dive into that and develop it.
1: So, so break this down a little bit further from what we understand about this now, you know, does it point to that there's, you know, similar, maybe overlapping skill sets and capabilities with some of these individuals coming out of the same training, at least at the university level? Um, sometimes the mission and, and focus of those groups is they're being tasked to, to go obtain a job right with that skill set. Um, other times they are now being part of, you know, one of the units that make up these different clusters that we track is the, the theory that um, some of these are kind of co-located within the same group, or they're handing off uh, one to the other, or someone is working, you know, in carrying out spear or other components of the malicious activity, you know, one day, and then maybe it's being reassigned as an IT worker. What's that when we talk about sort of the overlap of personas, and personas that we've linked to actors within an APT or unc cluster that we suspect to be an APT. And then we see that tied to maybe some of the personas that were getting passed to us by partners that are individuals trying to get employment. Where's that kind of connection taking
0: place? We can do, there are levels and I've noticed that too. It does seem like there are IT workers that like have zero hand in the APT game. They are there for And that's pretty much what I would have to imagine. A lot of them are. And then you have the ones that are like uh, elevated because, because some of them get different privileges. You see some that are like monitored every so many minutes, a, a uh, image will be grabbed off of their computer so that just to make sure that they're doing what they're doing they might not have access to the outside internet all stuff like that I also see IT workers that are doing like all kinds of just like privileged stuff and I'm like okay you two clearly are not the same like there is a differentiating but I think a good example of that would be even if you go back to our blog the assessed North Korean structure that we put out uh, in October of last year, we kind of slipped something in there that I don't think a lot of people caught on to, And it is like the, the famous Park Jin Yok. that, that famous, the big, the one you think of when you think of the indictments, you see his picture on there.
1: Yeah. Talk about this a little bit. Cause I think this is a, uh, gives you a little bit of a peek into what this kind of potentially looks like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so this, this was an interesting one because I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect in 2023 to have any type of tie-in or any work where I'm referencing Park Jin-hyuk. Like this is, this is something from yesteryear. I don't have to deal with this anymore. We are, this guy, he was a part of WannaCry. He was one of the heavy hands in, you know, the, the artist formerly known as APT38, which we know has been kind of fractured and very crypto focused these days. He was a heavy hand in that unit. Um, the the FBI did a terrific job in the indictments that they wrote up for them coming out of the, the, the LA office just really really great stuff and they kind of they inside this indictments they just put just everything all the emails he was using all just the entire wrap-up how they're doing the you know all the the chosen expo and uh his work on wanna cry the work on sony the work on the bangladesh this guy has hands in everything and that makes sense because this is like you know going back to the parking hawk and your apt operators you know they if you're one of the, those type of his level type like they ha- they can do it all and the stuff he was doing was just in, incredible on like a scale, like moving to crypto, moving to finance, moving to espionage, moving to destructive. He could, he could, it was really, really interesting in how his skill set. But then when we started working with our partners and we started looking at some of the people that have a more heavy hand in the IT worker uh, platforms, uh, we started looking and they were seeing the same email addresses that were being put out in the indictments. They were seeing actually on, on use on some of these, uh, these job sites the free for doing it work so there's confirmation that even after the sony hack um after the sony hack at least parking hawk was on job platforms conducting it work it wasn't until and again this is what we're hearing from our partners it wasn't until the indictment came out and those emails came out then they were dropped from the uh the job platforms so so seeing him pop from all these different intrusion sets, hop on all these different activities and these efforts, these very you know global WannaCry, cry Sony like these Bangladesh, these are huge huge like events that took place, and then it's like oh on the side also I'm gonna go make some money I'm gonna I'm gonna make some apps for uh, X Y Z Pokemon Company or whatever you want to throw in you know just I'm gonna also make some money on the side so that's very that is incredible but also that's kind of like okay and again another point. To point out that these they they can hop from point to point, something we've been talking about over here at Mandiant, but now we're introducing the IT worker efforts into our global analysis on what we're seeing in North Korea.
1: So tying this all together and again, as you mentioned, you know our understanding of North Korean cyber capability and operations have evolved over the years as you know not just our understanding but also the nature of those organizations and units as well has literally evolved over the years. With with respect to kind of where we understand it now um and with our understanding about this sort of emerging threat of the it workers where do you see this going how do you see this threat evolving going forward do you think this is going to be a bigger piece of say for example um, the crypto or revenue generation focused operations from north korean workers or is it something that we can expect to be leveraged more on the espionage side right taking that insider access and handing that off to a group where that's their primary tasking is intel
0: collection. How do you think this is all going to evolve going forward? I think kind of that the evolution and kind of the outlook too, for, for what we should be either doing, or at least being the know of one, I think the fact that, again, this is a country that no one likes to touch because it is so odd and complicated. So one, if for those that, that didn't want to touch it, that maybe you should have like now might be the time to look into it because we're at this point right now where things haven't really popped off um, on the global scale we have the the missile launches going again this is something that the that the IT workers and, and a lot of the groups have directly funded so it's like we're seeing we, we might not always say IT workers but whenever you see these these launches and these this development and these programs it's a direct direct reflection of what's going on in the cyber space along with many other things i think knowledge is key here i think one we've we're, we need to get to the point where we're understanding how how great this threat is this isn't just a this isn't just a terrible worker at your company that you know sometimes gets fired we've seen that too they have bad reviews sometimes on some of these sites that they don't do a very good job this isn't just some schmo um consulted remote hire that you're dealing with um it could be the placement and access that, that creates a greater problem again not now but in the future because if we're already seeing as far as like the weapon stages and the weapons development, we're getting to a point now where the the threats from North Korea that we would always hear about and the, the saber rattling um, from yesteryear, they're a little bit more uh, potent and believable now because we are at that point where we're starting to test bigger and badder things and we know they're shooting for it. Also, now that we're starting to understand that APTs are a lot more involved in some of these operations that we that we previously didn't. I think the evolution and going forward, I think is one being able to one identify and understand like the actual problem set to trying to figure out uh, the defenses. There's a lot of publications coming out on like, Hey, whenever we're vetting, like regularly vetting your, your, your remote hires or, or making sure that in some situations, if you contract something, you need to have something in your terms of service or statement of work that like, I need to make sure that everyone that's working for you actually is working for you because I'm not about to get hacked because you had terrible hiring pra- pra- uh, practices stuff like that i i I don't know the full where we're headed and what we're doing but i do know that we're at the point now where we need to again pay attention pay a little more attention to north korea pay a little more attention to the the one subset that already had a hard time tracking which is going to be even harder um you know got to eat our vegetables it's going to suck but we have to like pay attention to these guys because it's the threat is absolutely real
1: so and maybe that's a great point to, to end it on but for organizations that you know They've heard you talk about this uh, now, uh, and hopefully that they are awake to this, this problem. Um, what are some things that they should be looking for? What are some pragmatic tips uh, now they're like, okay, I'm concerned about this particular threat. Uh, maybe my organization does use a lot of freelancer for parts of our development and engineering efforts. What are some things that they should be looking for when they're going out and you know potentially being exposed to um, hiring someone like an, a DPRK IT worker?
0: um if there's ways to do to do sweeps of the client environment that would be good because again a lot of times in what we've even seen on some of some of the public reporting where you have people running laptop farms and stuff like that where then they're remoting in and from the remoting in then they can get into whatever environment they're actually working in being able to to be able to to scan your remote devices and there's a lot of them because we live in this new remote world post pandemic but being able to, to scan your remote devices to make sure that no one's remoting into those, I think, would be a very, very big one. But ultimately, just doing better vetting, better hiring practices on making sure that everyone that says they're there is actually there. And also just the new usage of AI and, you know, your all the different type of language generative models and stuff like that. The, the resumes are getting better. So being able to spot those and seeing like, hey, this work history does not line up hey, this is not that, that that is getting better. So you can't always fall on that. But also just checking to make sure maybe get these people on, get these people on camera, get these people and actually ask them because, you know, they are hiring externals to sit in their place. But if you start asking them about the work that you've known and seen them do, then you can be like, okay, this is actually is the guy. So just better, better vetting. And it's, it's, it's time. And, you know, it, it takes time to do and it it's not the the greatest thing. But Just for sake of security, I think it'd be an easy thing to do.
1: Yeah, I know we've seen that be successful at catching several suspected DPRK IT workers is just, you know, uh, part of the interview process, making sure that you're doing that over a video camera and, and, you know, testing on some of those questions uh, around their knowledge or background or skill set. So
0: also locking some of that stuff down too. like one of the one of our people that we had worked with and talked to uh, working again at a crypto um, uh, centric platform. Uh, whenever they were determined they didn't they didn't turn to be an it worker at the time they just knew that they were a bad remote worker and they needed to get them off the site immediately started trying to get into admin in places that they shouldn't have been to actually blow up some of the crypto efforts from the inside so again if you have those remote ones until they're properly vetted being able to quarantine and contain them in case of the, like this definitely helped them because they could didn't have access to you know the builds but in situations like that, that definitely helped them, which, you know, later on you find out it's an IT worker. Excellent.
1: Well, Barney, always great to talk to you. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll have you back on probably sometime again this year as, uh, you know, you're continuing to do research, uh, as well as everyone else who's focused on this uh, particular problem set. Um, and we watch it continue to evolve, but thanks for your time today. And, oh yeah.
0: just a special thanks to our team i'm always the one up here talking to you luke but we got some we got some 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 gangsters in there that really just they're, they're they're they never get their name mentioned but uh i just wanted to shout out to them definitely fantastic point to end it on barney take care and have a great day